Hello, conscious parents. Welcome back, conscious listeners. I wanted to tap in today to the intensity that is happening in our world and also hold space for duality and holding space for holding it all with reference to the entire range of emotion and the whole spectrum. So this past weekend, I had the opportunity to visit home. I went back to Columbus, Ohio, and I got to meet my newborn niece, and I got to spend time with my parents, and I got to spend time with the last set of my living grandparents, my dad's parents. And I'm telling you, every single time I visit home, I get to deepen on a whole new level of growth and expansion. And everybody's in a new developmental stage, so we're hitting our bottoms, but we're also bumping up to our new levels of growth and it's stretching us a bit, you know, it's definitely taking its toll because there's a lot going on. And and when we're in these seasons of life that demand us and that have us, you know, taking care of ourselves as well as pushing our limits to grow and to be more and do more and hold more, you know, it's like the better it gets, the better it gets. Yet, you know, before we make it to the other side where like the people who are waiting to work with us are waiting for us, we have to be in that recalibrating phase. And I think the biggest thing that's come up for me personally is the statement, I am safe to be powerful. And what I mean by that is um, when we think about like the persecution that comes through when it comes to the notion of um, holding your power, right? It can be a lot easier to feel that persecution wound of what if I hold my power and I say what I'm offering to the world and what if I receive criticism or what if I receive feedback that isn't positive or that isn't the way that I would prefer it to be. You know, there's so many um, wounds that can come up or be, you know, triggered, right? It's like, if I'm not feeling like I can own my power, that's going to trigger me to feel powerless, right? If I feel judged, that's going to keep me out of a place of creativity. And I'm not going to want to talk about what I'm offering or what I have to offer for the world. And this element of safety, meaning the quote unquote safe space to express. Like whenever I say things like, you know, growing up, it wasn't allowed, right? What that means is like, there was completely zero space for it. Like nobody was teaching the emotionality in the sense that said, Hey, this is the space for you to grieve. This is the container for you to grieve. These are the parameters for you to grieve this is what grieving might feel like, you know, these are the symptomologies and the sensations that that you might expect because the notion that also overwhelms me and comes over me so clearly at the same time is this phrase that people say of everyone grieves in their own way. I believe that to be true as well as everyone is entitled to their own perceptions of reality, right? So if I'm in the same environment, let's say as my siblings, yet I experience something really different, like I'm entitled to my experience. 
my experience gets to be unique to my own. It doesn't have to be like anyone else's. And that's what the beauty is. And the uniqueness is, is because we're all at different levels. We're all in different developmental stages. We're all at different spiritual levels of growth. And yet when we dive into that, and when we allow ourselves to accept that we are where we are and on a deeper, deeper, deeper level, accept that we are exactly where we're supposed to be, which is probably the hardest thing to accept up at some, at certain times that gets to help us move through the allowance, right? Because if we don't have that teaching of like, Hey, you're allowed to grieve and Hey, you're still loved and accepted for who you are, no matter how much space you need or how much space you need to take up or to be away, right? When we have that validation and that felt sense of safety, that our environment wasn't threatened because of our authenticity, that's how we get to deepen into the layers of self and anchor into trust and anchor into um, our sovereignty when it comes to decision-making, when it comes to being direct, when it become, when it comes to being really clear about what we want, where we're headed, it, it becomes safe to feel powerful, right? I am safe to be powerful in my power. And that's another really big thing I want to talk about with the old paradigm and new paradigm shift, right? When I say power, what I mean by that is I own my experience. I own who I am. I continue to own up to the feelings that I experience. So to contrast, I think the old paradigm, it was so easy to blame, right? If I blame someone else or if I create projection about what I think is going on for someone else, which is just a story that I'm creating, which may or may not be true. When I take the blame away, what I'm confronted with is, well, what does this mean for me, right? If I blame someone else for a circumstance or a response that I'm, I'm digesting, if I take that blame away and say, well, wait a second, even if that was true, it's like, okay, um, what does that mean for me? Right. Getting really, really clear, like, oh, this person's doing this thing, right? Let's just say that's the way we're blaming. Yet what we're doing is we're outsourcing our power. So what we're saying is it's their fault that they're making their choice. And as a result, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. But can you see how that gets a little bit of a slippery slope, right? It's like, well, if that person has the power to twist you up, then that person has the power to iron you out and to allow you to be smooth sailing, right? Doesn't make a lot of sense when it comes to being in your integrity and being in your intention and again, owning your power, right? So when it comes to those moments where it's so easy, because again, We've been brainwashed or conditioned really to act this way and to blame, right? And to project because blaming and projecting is so much easier than taking that full responsibility. When you take the responsibility, it requires vulnerability. It requires you um, maybe to be wrong, right? Like, oh, oh, did I mess up? Oh, did I get that wrong, right? How comfortable are you? How willing are you to be wrong? What's your availability for being wrong? 
right? Figure that out and then push the limit and see if you can allow that to be a thing, right? I know a big thing that comes up for me, and this was certainly passed down from my lineage. It's not, it's not who I am. It's not who my parents are. It's just a pattern they're running, right? A big thing that comes up for me that continues to come up for me, which is why I have the protector of the people pleaser is that fear of what if someone is mad at me, right? What if whatever I choose creates the feeling of anger in someone else, right? As a result of my being, my choices, my doings, what if that triggers someone else to feel mad? And when I unpack that, like what I really want is to feel loved. And I want to feel that unconditional peace because both can exist in a healthy relationship, right? I get to feel loved unconditionally and I simultaneously get to feel like someone feels mad, right? But that's where we untangle the blame even further. They can be mad with me. They can be mad at me, but it's their mad right? They're entitled to their mad. And it's not my responsibility to change that, fix that, or make it different. That would be me wanting to protect others' feelings or to rescue myself out of feeling discomfort, right? So instead, what is it like to be with that? Can I be with that discomfort? Do I have enough practice being with that discomfort? Is that that discomfort out of my comfort zone? Yeah. Do I, does my ego and my brain and my orientation of the mind think I'm going to die? Yeah. That's what I'm referring to when I say it doesn't feel safe because those parts and pieces of us that are wired for safety feel threatened. Why? Because emotionality is a big risk. Yet when we have courage to take risks, that's when we find the most beauty and transformation on the other sides. When we own who we are, when we say our apologies, when we come back to self, when we reel our own power in, when we take all this distorted, disproportionate garbage of blame and we reel it back in and we pull all of that distributed power that's ours, but it's all spread out and it's um, not organized. When we pull that back into ourselves. Do you know how much energy that is? It's a lot of energy that we get to give back to ourselves, right? So even if we feel triggered when we feel like we're the bad guy, or we feel triggered when we feel forgotten, or when we feel triggered when we feel manipulated, or when we feel trapped or stuck or disconnected or controlled, or even feeling like you can't speak up, right? If you want to be honest, but you feel lonely. If you want to be respected, but you feel that lack of attention. If you wanted to feel included, but you feel blamed or you feel unheard, right? What we really want is that care. We want to feel cared for. In order for us to feel cared for, we have to and must give that to ourselves first. We must be willing to let the rest go so that we can take care of ourselves first. So how do we do that? How do we own who we are? How do we own our trigger and take care of what we need? 
right? The best way to start is determine what triggered you, right? What was that underlying feeling that you didn't receive love and connection, right? Determine what that trigger is for you in that situation. And then you get to own your experience. You get to say, I felt judged. I felt different. I felt like I had to play small when really I love who I am. I felt like I had to pretend that what I was excited about wasn't exciting, but guess what? I'm actually super pumped about it. And I don't care if no one else is because I own that because that's real for me, right? Being brave enough and having that courage to dig deep enough to know that you're safe to be who you are, to know that you'll be loved, even if people disagree with you. And if people can't rise to that and hold that duality and say, I love you so much and I disagree, then those are the people that get to fall away. They get to fall away and that gets to be a gift too. It gets to be so beautiful. And remembering all simultaneously that this idea of letting go, right? Letting go of that grip. Letting go does not have to mean giving up, but letting go gets to mean letting go of what's no longer aligned. Maybe something's been working for years, but now it's not. Do we have the courage to let that go? Or will we still grip and still hold on to what's not working because we're scared of what might happen on the other side? And when I think of the inner child inside of me that thinks in absolutes, right? Think about how children take things very literally, right? I think about it being like, you know, if I don't hold fear, what gets to be held in those spaces? If fear is not there, what gets to be there, right? Because again, if this is just a season, right? If this is just an ebb and a flow and a time of intensity and great awakening and great awareness, then I know I can anchor into that deeper trust that even though little me thinks that when I feel unsafe to feel my power, when I feel unsafe to blank, my little me thinks that that feeling is forever because that's how it feels, right? And it's so important to know that we get to validate that feeling and we also get to hold that this is a season. We are in it right now. It doesn't mean that this is how it is forever, even if it feels like it's going to feel like this forever. And validating that for our inner children and our little ones that live inside of us because that's where those fears come from. We can always backtrack it and notice, oh, right, these fears are coming from that place of the younger version of self, the places that are young, vulnerable, so impressionable, sponges, really, you know? So here's the thing. I want you to be so honest with yourself while being so gentle with yourself because when you heal your patterns of dysfunction you have the opportunity to heal generations previous and generations into the future and that is a big 
deal. When we come across a generation that numbs out and when we come across a generation that denies and avoids and covers up and chooses easy, convenient ways, those patterns, our energy, they can't be created nor destroyed. They have to go somewhere, right? The energy will still become passed on even if it skips a generation. Just because it skips a generation doesn't mean it's healed or fixed. It may go sight unseen. It may go, you know, covered up. There will still be symptomology. It might not be obvious, but if it's not leaned into and if we're not taking care of it, kind of like the beach ball analogy I've mentioned before, where you can, you really can, you can, you can try and you can succeed for a while by pushing a beach ball under the water, right? It's totally a thing. It's totally possible. It does come with a lot of efforting. It does come with a lot of, um, like holding your breath feeling, you know, because eventually your arms are going to get tired and you're going to juggle and try to find different ways to keep that ball suppressed, right? And you're going to push it down. You're going to find your ways. You're going to put a weight on it. But eventually when things shake up and when things come back to nature and when there's the seasons, right, of life that require the death, require the destruction, require the alternative movements, the flow, the cycles, cycles are secular, circular, cyclical, whatever the word is, like all those patterns of nature are required. It's like, eventually, do we want this explosion, right? Do we want all of that heaviness that we've been pushing down on to explode like a rocket ship? Or do we want to like bob, you know? Do we want to just flow? Imagine what that looks like when the beach ball is just like riding the wave, right? We get to be in charge of our experience. We get to touch and go. We get to lean in when we feel connected to. We get to take our breaks. We get to journal. We get to self-discover and also rely on support because all of those things are very important. So there's a lot to lean into, especially in, especially in these intense times. And, and as you increase your capacity for safety, I know for me, I like to increase the spaciousness in my body through breath. That's one way that I increase the capacity that I hold to feel safe in my nervous system, in my regulation, in my breath, in my heart, right? That's a wonderful way to do it. Um, but, but start to notice your relationship with safety when it comes to emotionality. Who are the people that you trust? Who are the people that you love and care about that you want them to know about your personal process? Clue them in on it. They're not going to guess. They're not going to know unless you speak up. You're speaking up for yourself and them for the investment and the quality and the enrichment of the relationship, right? That's required for growth and evolution. You have to speak out. You have to own your part. You get to come at it from this place of ownership so that you can deepen so that you can create new ways to relate. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So if you have any questions, hit me up in my messages. I would love to hear how this landed for you. And if you have any questions for me, just let me know. 
And I wish you a beautiful day. Take good care.